0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspired you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, Christmas is in a couple of days and, um, We've been working on our, our skit for Christmas Eve. We've got our Christmas Eve service, uh, 7 o'clock, uh, from 7 to 8. And uh, I'm really excited about our Christmas Eve service. We always try to do a real fun uh, uh, Christmas Eve service. And, and, and one of the lines that, we're, that we open up with is it's going to be called Christmas Family Memories. And as I was writing out the drama, I was just kind of thinking of Christmas Family Memories. How many people here you have specific traditions in your family that every Christmas... You do, and it's just something that you look forward to as a family. Some people... You know, one of the things that we really enjoy doing is we go down to the north and we see the Christmas house down there. Now, our kids for years have always called it the Grinch House uh, because when we first moved to Cold Lake and Marty was setting this up, he would always have a big Grinch out there in a sleigh, and it just became the Grinch House. So when you hear us talking about the Grinch House, that's what it is. But we, we, we love going down to this house... And watching the lights twinkle and listening to the music and just being blown away by by the work that uh, that marty and his family have put in there and, and this year we bought uh, a box of chocolates in a, in a card and we went up to the door and uh, gave it to him just to say thank you and, and when that happened um lucas asked a question he says so what, what happened to the grinch you know like this is the grinch house without the grinch now like it just doesn't make sense and he says that his daughter lives in smoky lake and she's doing the same thing there, so he, he's sewing some of the old stuff into his daughter so she can uh, do that. And that's really become one of our family traditions. One of the things that we really enjoy, and every year we go there multiple times to be able to do it. Matthew 2, verse 9 to 12 says, "'After this interview, the wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was.'" was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child and his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their old country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Herod. Now, now in saying that, um, we're talking about Christmas traditions and, and we have our Christmas traditions with our nativity scene and that kind of a stuff. And our wise men are in the nativity scene. And we're going to be getting into that a little bit. But the wise men all started off on a journey. And the journey that they started off with was to see, they, they saw this, this mighty bright star in the sky. And they went and followed it. See, this star, we know, it led them to a savior. And this was people from other lands, wise people, people of influence, perhaps even kings who traveled a far different distance with different religions and they came before the Savior and they bowed their knee before the Lord Jesus Christ. There is something about letting our light shine. And as, as Christians, as we remember this Christmas day and we remember what Christmas is all about, there was a time in our lives, each single, every single one of us in here, there was a time in our lives where we decided to follow after somebody who came as a bright star, somebody who came with the message of hope, and we said we're going to leave our old life behind and we're going to follow after Christ. God af- often uses special heavenly lights to guide his people such as the glory that filled the tabernacle in Exodus 40 and the glory that filled the temple in 1 Kings 8 and the glory that shone upon the Apostle Paul in Acts 9-3. Such visible signs of God's presence are known as the Shekinah glory or the dwelling place of God. This special light is a visible manifestation of the divine presence. Do you remember your shining light moment? Some of us in this room... We were addicted to drugs. We were addicted to alcohol. We were going down that road that we know leads to death. We know leads to destruction. And we think, you know what, if I had to kept going the way that I was going, where would I be today? Would I even be alive today? But somewhere in the midst of our busy schedules, somewhere in the midst of our, of our sin, that shining light came and shared that message of faith. Maybe it was a, a mom. Maybe it was a dad. Maybe it was a next-door neighbor, a friend. Maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was a complete stranger who shared the life-giving message of Jesus Christ with you. this Christmas season, we need to be that light. We need to be so filled with the presence of God that something stands us apart. People travel for miles following after the light of Bethlehem. Praise God for bright, shining people, for if, that, if it is that person, that mom, that dad, they've been praying for us, and they set that stage for us, and where we are right now. I'm going to ask Pastor Ernie to come now, and share his testimony of who he is, and how he came to faith.
1: Thanks, bro. They are nice, yeah. <laughs> Oh, good morning, church. How are we all doing? What's the crack? (laughs) Oh, my word, that failed miserably. It feels every time I do it. I don't know why. The crack is, yes. Yeah, crazy. Well, uh, Lance asked me to share a bit about my story, where I kind of came from, how I came to know Christ and stuff. So, you know what? I don't have one of these crazy testimonies that's like, I was addicted to drugs, I was a, a criminal, all this stuff. I'm a I'm a glorified church boy. I grew up in church my whole life, and uh, parents knew the value of, of raising their kids in church, and that kind of just they really kind of sp- spoke to me as they, kind of made me grow up in church my whole life, and I I I'm so thankful for that every single day. But um, yeah, I gave my life to Christ at a at a youth event, um, like a lot of young people that were, that were in my youth at the time. So we had this this really cool uh, missional night in our church where there was maybe 25 missionaries from all over the world. And they were just talking about, you know, the amazing love of God, the amazing grace of God. And um, yeah, that totally just transformed my life, that message of God's grace and love. Because I, you know, I know many people here have maybe heard about, you know, the gospel and about how you have to do, do, do. You have to do all these lists of things in order to be in relationship with Christ. But these missionaries were talking about the the grace of God and the unmerited favor of God. You don't have to do so much that it's more so that He gives it as a free gift to you. So that kinda really spoke to me and I decided to give my life to Christ at this uh, this this youth event. So um Lance was talking about, you know, your shining star moment. What what is the person or the thing that is has mostly spoken into your into your life? And for me it's not It's not really a person. I've had amazing people in my life. I've had um, incredible people surrounding me and building me up the whole way. But for me, the uh, the thing that transformed me, that kind of um, spoke most into my life, was the church. And I think that the church is one of the most incredible things. What we get to do here, even this morning, is one of the most uh, powerful things that we, uh, and one of the most powerful tools that we have as worshippers, as as followers of Christ, is to is to join together as the church and i absolutely loved what we've done this morning we lifted up these songs these truths of of how amazing god is and um growing up in church that just was just the most amazing thing just um understanding that, that god loves me so much that i can join with believers right across the world to to lift praise to god so that was the the biggest thing that spoken into my life was was the church um i just remember a specific thing whenever i I was growing up I was at a at a real kind of Pentecostal meeting and I know you're Pentecostals here in Coal Lake, so I know that uh charismatic worship is, is something that is uh really big in the Pentecostal church and we were in this tent meeting and yeah, man, the spirit was so powerful. We uh have kinda got freaked out by the whole thing. You know, we talk people talk about the spirit of God and how you get overcome with the spirit and um I remember this guy was standing at the front, and it was the classic kind of Pentecostal thing where people are lining up and getting prayed for falling over. And that was kind of really freaky to me, like I just didn't understand it. So I just thought, man, I just want to wanna tell God how great he is. I want to tell him how, how much I love him. So I, just, I simply just fell down to my knees, and I just opened up my hands to God, just put my hands out, and I was like, God, you know, I don't know what all this stuff is. This is a bit scary to me. These people are kind of freaking out here what do you want to say to me? So I just, I remember it so specifically, one of the moments where God kind of directly speaks to you. And um, I got this really weird tingling sensation in my hands. And it was like, oh my word, what's happening here? This is crazy. And uh, like really strong pins and needles. And I just thought, man, this is just so cool. Like I really feel God's presence here, just overwhelmed by his, his love and his grace and his presence. And um, I really felt God. I've never really heard the audible voice of God, but I just remember feeling this thing in my heart of God saying, with these hands, you're going to do my work, and I just thought that was the coolest thing, that God would speak to me like that and tell me that he wants to use me, so that was one of the standout moments for me whenever I was growing up, Um, and from that moment, my attitude has been so different to my kind of work as I I do stuff for God, and even my journey to being here in in Coal Lake, it's just, it's been incredible, so... um, I just want to take a moment to encourage you that um, that we all as believers have the amazing opportunity to um, lift banners of truth. And I love that expression of banners of truth, raising up a banner over your life that God is, is great, that God has all this stuff. And An amazing story in the Bible that, that I love so much, that has been so much to my testimony and my life, is the story of King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20. And uh, King Josaphat was 35 years old, he always tried to do right in the sight of God, but for much of his life, he tried to keep the land of Judah from invasion. And the story in uh, Second Chronicles starts with the land being, being invaded um, and a battle to take the land. Um, they're looking at an army before them, and they begin to lift praise to God. That was the most amazing thing to me, that in the face of adversity, that you can lift these these truths about who God is, that your perspective on what life is, that your perspective on your situation can totally flip and change when you begin to lift praise to God. And we've done that this morning in worship here, that there was, I don't know what you came in with here this morning, what you're what you're dealing with, but we get this moment as the church to get together, to lift these truths up of what God is. I love that so much. Um, but that is the thing. You know, we, we, we say these expressions so much. We, we talk about... How God is the Savior. He He's he's the mountain mover. He's Christ alone. He's cornerstone. All these amazing truths that we lift up through the storm. He is Lord. Um, So whenever life begins to knock the wind out of you, that you can lift these amazing truths up of who God is. So um, that's been my story. I uh, absolutely love getting to serve God through worship, youth, all that stuff. Um, I'm so blessed with the fact that I get to. Travel the world with this worship ministry that I'm part of, Blue Tree. And um, next couple of weeks, when I get back, I really want to share my heart um, about what kind of happened these past two weeks when I was in Cambodia. Um, Just some of the most um, incredible things I've ever seen in my life, and the most tragic things I've ever seen in my life that uh, this crazy injustice happens all over the world. And I myself have been so ignorant of the fact that it exists. And I don't blame anybody here. The fact that you might be ignorant of the fact that this stuff is happening right across the other side of the planet because we just don't know these kind of things. We d- it's so, so crazy. So I'm looking forward to really kind of sharing my heart, showing some video footage of, of things we've done there. So, um, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you.
0: He did good, eh? <laughs> That's right. So uh, this is uh, going to be podcast, and when you go home, you can let your mom hear it. Hi, Naomi. It's good to see you, hear you. <laughs> awesome. That light that Ernie was talking about can be a light that is so exciting when you're speaking to someone or sharing your faith, and you see it sometimes when people's eyes just light up. It's just like that that moment where where you know the shackles just kind of fall off, and, and, and the Holy Spirit just grabs somebody's heart. And we see with our own eyes the fulfillment of Psalms 40 where it says Jesus lifts us out of the muck and mire and he sets our feet upon a rock and makes our footsteps firm. So here's our traditional nativity set. Many of us have it in our homes. Many of us uh, set this up every Christmas perhaps as a family tradition. And we see in there, we see the angels and we see the shepherds. We see Mary and Joseph and we see baby Jesus and we also see the wise men but the truth of the matter is, is, the wise men were not there. In fact, our little wise men there, they came a little bit later, and scholars think that they came to, upon Jesus when he was probably around the age of two. Uh, if we read again from Matthew 2, and I'm going to read this time from the New Revised Standard Version, although earlier I read from the New Living Translation, it's the exact same. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and they knelt down and paid homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned of a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another path. So we see that the three wise men come upon our Savior following the star, but they didn't say that they went to the uh, uh, manger, they didn't go to, to the stable where Jesus was born. They went to the house that Mary and Joseph had had. And when that took place, can you imagine what our three wise men must have been thinking? You see, our three wise men, they stop off at Herod's place. And we read here in, um, let's see if I can find that because I'm skipping ahead a little bit. In uh, Matthew 2.1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of a king Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrive in Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. So they stop off at Herod's. Why would they stop off there? You see, because if you were looking for a king, and you had your mindset that, you know what, we're following a star to be able to come and worship a king, where would you look? You would look at a palace. You would look at a castle. You would look in some majestic place that is absolutely awesome, that is worthy of kingship, And and so they come by and they see Herod. They're like, where's this king? We've been following this star and we've come to worship the king. Where is he? And Herod is like, what are you talking about a king? I'm the king. There's no other king here. And Herod gets jealous and he starts to worry thinking that, oh my goodness, if this prophecy is right, if these, if these men are correct in what they're saying, there's a king here that is going to steal the robe, the, the robe and the throne from my family line, and that's not going to happen on my watch. So he sets them up. He says, you know what? Go find this king. And if you find this king, come back and see me, and we will, we, I, I want to go and pay homage to him too. I want to worship him as well. But we know it's a lie. He just wanted to destroy the Savior of the world. The enemy doesn't like the Savior of the world. He doesn't want us to have that spirit of hope, but God's plan is for each one of us to be able to walk in and engage in the spirit of hope. God died so we can have hope. But you see, sometimes our eyes deceive us. You see, the three kings came, and they see baby Jesus in a house, and Joseph was the father, and Joseph was a carpenter, so it would have been a very small home, It would not have been anything extravagant. It definitely wasn't a palace. And when that happens, they come before him, they follow the star, and they see little boy Jesus in this home, which would have blown their expectations. At that moment, what do you think was going through their minds? See, we don't know that. The Bible doesn't say that. But my guess is it's kind of like, what's going on here? We came to see a king, and in this dump, in this small little house, because they were very wealthy, they would be living in palaces, and we came to see him, and this is not what we expected. So they could have just said, you know what, we're wrong, and taken their gifts and left and said, I will not offer my gifts to a commoner. But they chose to bow their knee and worship the Savior in a, in a situation and an expectation that they did not see coming. See, we just did a whole series here, to start, kicked off September, called Plan B. And Plan B is when we worship the Lord in situations and circumstances that are not expected. You see, we know that we are a blessed and highly favored people. Psalms 512, the favor of God surrounds the righteous like a shield. We are blessed. God is our Father. The Bible tells us that that how much more does God want to give us good gifts as as you want to give your children gifts. And and God is so awesome, but if we walk in that place thinking that we're never going to suffer for the Lord, then we're missing part of the Bible. Suffering, the Lord says you you have the joy of participating in the suffering that Jesus participated in. And in those dark times, in those difficult moments, are you going to bow your knee and offer the Savior your best? Are you going to give him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Or are you going to say, Jesus, obviously you don't love me. Because the enemy starts to whisper, if you were a saint of God, that would never have happened to you. I want you to know that's a lie from the enemy. But as Ernie was sharing this morning, the Lord wants us to worship through trials, to worship through difficulties. Man, I tell you, that's when it's not easy. Have you ever been in a situation where it just doesn't line up with what you're thinking? You know, I I, I went over to the Ukraine, and I went on a missions trip, and I went with the understanding that the part of the Ukraine that I was going to was very much third world, and, and we went there, And we stayed in a place called the sanatorium. And in the sanatorium, it was just spring beds, look like prison beds, spring beds with a a small, thin mattress on it. And that's where we slept. And the first year I went there, I woke up and I had bites all over my body. And I'm like, oh man, it was so hot. And we slept with the windows open because it was so hot. And we thought, okay, well, I got eaten alive by mosquitoes. Like I had hundreds of bites all over my body. So we closed the windows and I just kept getting these bites and bites and bites and bites, and I realized that the bed had bed bugs in it. And they were eating me while I was sleeping. So the next year, when I went back there, I had the wisdom then, because I did it to be able to tell the kids that hey, when we come, you're gonna want to bring a ground sheet and be able to put that on your mat on your mattress, and then you can put your your uh, your fitted sheet around your ground sheet and sleep on top of that to, to protect you. So I went into Ukraine with the understanding, and it was no big deal, that it was a mission trip and I was serving, I wasn't staying at the Ritz Carlton. Okay? But, I remember another experience when I went and I was a camp speaker. And I did so many camps as a youth pastor going around and preaching and this kind of stuff, and I went to one camp, and they said to me, they said, "You know what, the, the preacher's cabin's all ready for you. Go on up there, and, t- and uh, it's that cabin right up there." So we went up there, and Cindy and I opened up the door, and when we opened up the door, there's like, a thousand dead bugs on the floor. And it's like, "Wow, that's what you call "ready for us." And then we went to the bed, and the bed' sheets were all soiled and not washed. And the towels that were hanging there were filthy. And there was sewage coming up in the shower in the room. And I, man, I tell you, I lost it. I was like, there is no way that me and my bride are staying in here. You know what? They've scheduled us. I'm supposed to be speaking for 11 times, but come on. We're out of here. And my wife, being as gracious and wonderful, she grounds me. She's like, you know what, Lance? Just go and get some cleaning stuff all clean. I'm like, you shouldn't have to. We are here to speak to these, these people in North America where we don't have to worry about bed bugs and all this kind of stuff, some place that is, is nice to be able to stay at, and let's just leave. Let's just get out of Dodge. And Cindy went. She cleaned it all up, and, and, and uh, you know what? God was glorified. Some, some uh, Holy Spirit moved, and these kids were just, salvations took place, and some really neat things happened. But you know what? It's something that just didn't compute. We had one person's attitude who was absolutely stinky and then we had another person's attitude who was just like, you know what, I know you're the speaker, you're the the big guy, you're the man, but let's serve, let's clean it, let's get it ready, let's just do whatever it takes to be able to do that. And it was just like, Cindy, you're a saint because you know what, I was ready to drive away and leave those kids there. You can find another speaker. My friends, every one of us in this room has had something that just doesn't compute. And at that moment, you know what, even at the, in, in, the, in, the, in the middle of it, you might just react out of, out of natural instinct and blow it. But to take that moment and just say, God, would you help me to see with your eyes? God, God. Would you help me, Lord Jesus, to see what you want to do here in the middle of this crisis, in in the middle of this trouble? Because quite often what the Lord wants to do is completely opposite of what we want to do. See, we want. Man, I I want, I want, uh, you know, I want the Ritz-Carlton. I want to go to the spa. I want to be able to shoot a 190-class buck. But not all of us get what we want. And in the middle of hunting season when you've been going after that guy and going after that guy and you get the smallest deer out of all your buddies and they start to rub your face in it like, Ugh. you know what, I hate that. How many hunters have I got in this room? You ever shoot a deer and you're kind of proud of it? Like, I, when I, I, I never shot anything until I moved to Cold Lake. And then I shot my first deer, and I'm like, this thing's a monster. Like, whoa, look at this deer. And you know what everybody would say to me? Oh, pastor, that's a nice little buck you got there. It's like, come on. He's huge. No, he ain't. And it just kind of goes around and around and around. And the Lord wants us in the middle of something that we can't compute to say, God, I'm going to give you my best. So the wise men knelt before a savior and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which were three highly priced items. See, I don't know where you are in this room. I don't know what you're like when you're not here on a Sunday morning. But when all of a sudden something happens and you don't compute, do you find yourself all of a sudden, man, you just start to, You know, you hit your thumb with a hammer just like, man, mother, ruck the button, button, swearing and cursing. Or do you find yourself just like, praise the Lord. (laughs) Ah, That hurts. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus, thank you. (laughs) Praise God. Now when I worship you, my thumb will just stick up for the glory of God. (laughs) Lord, Help us to have our eyes focused on what is important. Help us to keep our eyes focused upon you. Help us, Lord, not to lose our testimony, but to be that shining bright star. Do you know what? As you have had a shining bright star in your life and in your moment, and as I was speaking it, most of you in this room were remembering, yeah, I remember my youth pastor I remember my mom and my granny when they prayed and prayed and prayed. I remember my dad. I remember that camp, that tent meeting. I remember whatever. And you start to reminisce and remember that bright shining star that brought you close to our Savior. You have the opportunity to be a bright shining star into somebody else's life. Don't miss an opportunity, but let your light shine. And then, you know what, for free, I just kind of thought this was really cool. After the wise men left the Lord with gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph and said, you got to get out of Dodge because Herod is so upset that he's going to be going and killing every boy that is under age two. That was a long trip. And all of a sudden, they had gold, frankincense, and myrrh to be able to make the journey Isn't that cool? When the Lord takes you someplace and it's not what you expect, he will always pay the bill. He will always set you up. It may be difficult. Man, I I tell you, I remember in Bible college, I went to Bible college and I was saying, I'm not going to get a student loan. Lord, if you're going to do this for me, you're going to do it. And I remember that the deadline came for me to pay my tuition and I had no money. And I'm like, Lord even if you pay, pay it tomorrow, I missed the deadline and Lord, you said that you would pay for my tuition. And sure enough, I missed the deadline and the school talked to me and they said, you know what, you better, uh, you better pay up or you got to get out. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I guess I'm going out. I guess I'm, I'm dropping out of school. And the Lord ended up bringing the money, but it was like a month and a bit later. And I was so upset with that. I'm like, Lord. You know what? Even if you pay it right now, you're late, God. Your timing is supposed to be perfect, but God, like I hear the stories of people who have no money and they line up for an airplane ticket they go up the front and they're like, hi, I'm here to get a flight. I don't have any money. And someone's like, oh, your ticket's already been paid for. Or someone taps them on the shoulder. Here's $500 for you. And Lord, you didn't do that for me. But yet here I am at this very moment, graduated, Bachelor of Theology, working on my Master's in Leadership. Because God paid the bill. It wasn't when I wanted it, but he did it. And God will provide our every need. How do I know? How do I know? Philippians 4.19. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Ernie? I've just asked Ernie and the team to come and share a song on Shining Bright. Let our light shine. And as they are just getting ready here, I just want to open this up this morning. Maybe you're here, and you know what? Your your flame has dwindled. And you're like, you know, Lord, I want to be so bright for you. But God, I just find myself tripping and falling, and Lord... I don't really even know where I am right now. Or maybe you're here and you've never even met the Lord as your personal Savior. You're like, God, I don't even know who you are. I just came today because I had to. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, is God wants to meet with you at this very moment. And sometimes we wait for the new year. Hey, I'm going to make a a New Year's resolution. But the Bible says that no one knows the time of the hour. And when we get in that place and we're just like, Lord, I'm hungry for you, God. And Lord, I don't want another second to slip away without me not having an assurance in my heart that says, God, I know that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I know, Lord Jesus, what Christmas is really all about. It's about me and you, a relationship For God so loved the world that he gave the best gift ever, his son, that we shall live and have everlasting life. No quad, no car, no trip will ever compare to the gift that the Lord has given us eternity with him. Maybe your life has been difficult. Maybe you've, you've grown up and it's just kind of like, you know what, if you knew what I've gone through, Jesus knows. He was with you. And if you take a moment and say, Jesus, during that hard time, where were you in my life? You know what? He'll tell you because he's shown me times in my life Were things that were so not right happening to me? That maybe he was there, holding my hand or weeping for me, because he loves me. God has granted each one of us a free will in this place. I have the free will right now to my brother James to just to bless him, or I could slap him in the face. And how James interprets that is up to James. He could say, you know what? pastor was having an off day. He just slapped me. Or he could say, you know what? There's just another hypocrite in the church. He's up there preaching. But yet when I really needed him, he slapped me in the face. My friends, don't look at man. Don't look at pastors. Don't look at family members because they will let you down every single time. But God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he's always there with you. He's the only one who's omnipresent everywhere at every time. If that's you this morning, if I'm speaking to you this morning, you're like, Pastor, I need to give my life to Christ or I need to say Lord I need to renew that passion in my heart because it's dwindling and I want that flame to be so bright then would you accept the Christmas gift that God's got for you today and say Jesus that's me yeah thanks darling is there anyone else yeah yeah all over this place praise God is there anyone else I don't want to I don't want to rush this today Because the Spirit of the Lord is just hovering over here saying, come. Come. Come, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come. Accept the gift that I have for you today. Put your pride aside. It's not going to get you anywhere. But will you lay it all down and say, I need a Savior. Lord, I need you this morning. That you would raise your hand. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Is there anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Father, you've seen every hand that has gone up, Lord. You've seen every hand in this place that says, Lord, I need you. And Father, I ask, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would just walk through this service right now and you would convict our hearts, God. God. There is no guilt. There is no condemnation through Christ Jesus. But you know what? There is conviction. Lord, we need conviction again. Lord, what do you want for our life? God, we want to do what you want. And Lord, this Christmas, would you help our lights to shine so bright? Those sons, those daughters, those prodigals, God, that we've been praying for. God, this Christmas season... Would you bring them home? Lord, this Christmas season, would you ignite the flame that is inside of their hearts? God, for us who are just struggling in our marriages, we're struggling in our personal life, we're just struggling right now, Father God, would you just speak peace to the situation? Would you speak peace over the storm? For God, we need you. You are our hope. You are our Savior, and God, may I shine so bright that people from other lands will follow, lay down their religions, and say, I need the true Savior. This world is looking for the authentic. They're not looking for fake. And God, you are the answer. In Jesus' name we ask it. Have a Merry Christmas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that you just have such an amazing time together with family and friends. But remember what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus Christ, Messiah, our hope, Don't forget Christmas Eve, 7 to 8 o'clock, you're not going to want to miss it. God bless. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.